with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrienne Fonseca. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023, the Feast of St. Elias. St. Elias, the fiery prophet and defender of truth. St. Elias is a towering figure in the Old Testament. You may know him by St. Elijah. It's just the Latinized version of Elijah. He was born in the 9th century BC, 900 years before the coming of Christ, in the town of Tishba, which is a place of humble origin, very much paralleling the life and the birth of our Lord. Now, his, from the earliest days, it was clear that he possessed a remarkable fervor and zeal for the Lord and a fire of divine inspiration within him. Now, he had many, many great miracles. I'm going to share with you just a couple, but then I'm going to share with you my favorite. Uh, now, Elijah, whose name is Yahweh is my God. Now, this might be opposed to Allah is my God, I'm just saying. And he has done many miracles, including multiplying flour and oil during a time of famine and raising a widow's son from the dead. But here is my favorite miracle. On Mount Carmel, which we just celebrated the feast of Our Lady Mount Carmel this last Sunday, he engaged in a dramatic showdown with the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal said that their God was a true God. And they gathered around, and Elijah said, No, the true God is Yahweh. And if y'all do not come and worship him, God will smite y'all down. And they laughed at him and said, Ha, 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 there is no way that this is true. So he challenged them to a test. He said, All right, well, let's set up a sacrifice. And But your God, or my God, will provide the fire. So we had a sacrifice offering of a bull on an altar and the prophets of Baal stood there praying to Baal asking him to send down fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice and they start crying out and they start screaming louder and louder they start cutting themselves begging their gods to answer them now it's funny because Saint Elias starts to make fun of them and laugh at them and jeer them and said oh, maybe you need to yell louder maybe they're sleeping and they can't hear you and finally, St. Elias says, no more. Now it's my turn. And he sets up his altar. And he fills the sacrifice with water. So it makes it harder for it to light on fire. And he soaks it in water. And he prays to Almighty God to send a fire. And sure enough, a fire from heaven not only comes down and consumes the, fire, the bull, but also dries up the altar. And it's from thence that he goes. And what does he do? Does he say, all right, you're all forgiven. We're all welcome together. Let's sing Kumbaya and hold hands. No, he has every one of the prophets of Baal executed for their wicked, wicked crime. Now, after this, a great trial and persecution happened. And Jezebel, the queen, forced him into the desert where he heard the still small voice of our Lord speak to him. At the end of his life, he gave his, his mission to his servant and to his successor, Elisha. And then he was taken up into heaven, or into, many would argue, it's actually that he was taken into the Garden of Eden, where in a fiery chariot, where he will thence come at the second coming of our Lord, before the second coming of our Lord, to convert the Jews to the Catholic faith. And then he will be killed. So for now, he's still alive, and he's still here. So St. Elias, who is a model of unwavering faith, 
fearless proclamation of truth and a profound union with God. Pray for us that we have those virtues as well. Uh, Good morning to you. Happy Thursday. I hope you are having a wonderful week. We're almost through the weekend. Can you believe it? Just 24 hours and you have made it to the weekend. Congratulations. Uh, Joining us right now is Tito Edwards. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Adrian. Today's, uh, what's today, Thursday, you said? (laughs) Yes, sir. Thursday, uh, July 20th. We're almost to the weekend. I'm I'm excited for the weekend. Oh, I am too, man. uh, I have big plans. Oh, huge plans! Huge plans. What are you going to be doing? Uh, Can you uh, it's reveal a secret. them? Okay, I'll tell you all tomorrow. Excellent. Tomorrow, I'll tell you all the big plans. It's a, whew, I'm. Let's see if anybody can guess. If someone can guess in our live chat, so if you're listening on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, leave a chat. What am I doing this weekend? That is huge, ouge, one might say. And uh, if you get it right, then I'll then I'll tell you all early. But if not, I will I will tell you all tomorrow morning. Uh, good morning to everybody listening on Catholic Spirit Radio. It's good to have you all on. Uh, tomorrow morning, we're actually having someone on from Catholic Spirit Radio, so you're going to want to tune in for that. It'll be a great time. Uh, also, before we get started, Sammy Rodriguez, the president of the Guadalupe Radio Network, he wants us to share a, or he wants to share, rather, an inspiring and encouraging message with you during these trying times. So he's actually sending out a letter to you, and you'll want to be able to receive that letter. So if you don't receive it, well, then email Sammy at grnonline at grnonline.com, and he said he'd be happy to send you one. So just let him know, grnonline at grnonline.com. Send him an email, and he will be happy to make sure that you get one if you don't did it already. If you have already, let me know. I'm very curious to know what you thought. I would love to talk to you about it. Coming up in this hour, we have a lot going on. At 15 past the hour, RFK Jr. says he's going to back the U.S. dollar with Bitcoin. Whew, I don't know if that's a good idea. Plus, a IRS whistleblower exposes Joe Biden. Yikes, a very interesting situation. In At 30 past the hour, did you hear that there's going to be a U.S. Senate is trying to put in new gun control laws? Um, very, very, very sneaky. Plus... Are there plastics found in women in pregnant women's blood? That's very concerning. Might want to check that out. And in the next hour, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will be on with us. And plus, our Fear and Trembling game show, as always. You're not going to want to miss any of it. It's going to be a good time. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to pray for your needs. Whatever it is that you have going on in your life, we're praying for that intention. We pray for our friends, our family, our benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for into the end of child trafficking and the sexual abuse of children across the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O my God, I beg of thee, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through the merits of the most precious blood offered to thee in every sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, to grant that this day one sinner may be converted, one mortal sin be averted, one soul in doubt be converted to truth. One soul about to die in sin receive the grace of repentance and a happy death and the deliverance of that soul in purgatory which is nearest heaven. I wish by this offering to console the hearts of Jesus in agony for souls lost through the teaching of error against the true church of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May thy blood, O Lord, be my salvation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Thank you, Adrian. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Thursday, July 20th, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. LiveSite News is reporting access to a major pornography site is now blocked in Virginia and Mississippi. 
for all residents after the states enacted laws requiring age verification for access to pornographic websites. Everyone step on it and uh, talk to your state legislators to get this passed in your own state, please. LifeNews.com is reporting doctors performed a first-ever brain surgery on an unborn baby. Baby Denver is a living miracle after she was diagnosed with a rare and often deadly brain disorder inside her mother's womb and is uh, quite happy now, hap uh, alive and kicking. LifeNews.com is reporting in a victory today in Nebraska, a state judge has ruled against a request from the abortion industry for a temporary injunction against the new 12-week abortion ban that is helping women and protecting babies from abortions. 1440 is reporting golf's 151st British Open kicks off today from Royal Liverpool Golf Club. Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy are among the favorites to win. And finally, 1440 is reporting House Oversight Committee hears first public testimony from two IRS whistleblowers on the Justice Department's alleged mishandling of probe into President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. The gospel of the day comes from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It is an excellent passage that I think confuses many people, but it is actually a very much a relief to hear. In verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Now, it's very clear to me that everyone is burdened. Every one of us has labor, and not one of us is excluded. In fact, Cornelius Alapide says, There is no one who does not labor under some disease and need Christ's medicine. Therefore, Christ offers himself to all, that all may receive from him health and safety. Now, it's important to also note that when he says come, he does not mean with the feet of the body. There's no a place we have to go. We're not saying, oh, come. That means we all need to travel to Jerusalem. We all need to go to Israel. We all need to take a pilgrimage to Rome. No, but instead, it's with the affections of faith, hope, love, religion, devotion, and piety. These are the affections in which we come to our Lord. And with faith, hope, love, religion, devotion, and piety, we are able to be relieved of our labor. Now, it's important to note also when he says, I will refresh you, it refers to like a quietness of soul. It's very soothing, a way where we may have a sweet glory. Even though that in this life there will be labor, we can still have that quietness of soul. We don't need to be disturbed by the world. But mostly, he is referring to the felicitous glory that is in heaven. Now, he talks about, and I think this is very, very important that we keep in mind, is here upon verse 29 and 30. Take up my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am meek and humble of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. Now, I'll stop there. Verse 29 will come to verse 30 in just a second. Take up my yoke upon you. He's telling you to take up my yoke upon you. What is Christ's yoke? Christ's yoke is the gospel. His yoke is the gospel, which he is fulfilling the old law. For the old law was a very heavy burden. It was not the burden of Christ. It was the burden of Moses. He said, learn of me because I am meek and humble of heart. Notice he does not say, learn of me because I do great miracles. He does not say, learn of me because I speak really well. He says, no, learn of me because I am meek and humble of heart. 
Now, being meek and humble of heart is the greatest aspect of our Lord. That is the greatest grace of our Lord. In fact, Cornelius Lapide says that how meek and humble our Lord was is so great that had he done no miracles, that itself would have been sufficient miracles to demand that all people recognize him as the Lord. Now here he says there in verse 29, and you shall find rest to your souls for it is only in meekness and humility of heart that you will find rest to your souls for anything else will cause your soul disturbance. If you place your hope in money in wealth in success in progress and whatever it is that you want in your life, think about your desires. Think about your dreams. Think about your goals. Do they have rest in your soul? Does that create rest in your soul? Our Lord tells us that it is only being meek and humble of heart where you can find rest. Everything else will agitate your soul. And so he says in verse 30, for my yoke is sweet and my burden light. Now, Cornelius Alapide commenting on that says, learn from hence how great and how dear to Christ is humility. He says, for do not learn to, from me how to create the world, but instead that I am meek and lowly in heart. Now, humility is a secret of peace, for there is no rest for the mind save that in humility. Do you wish to find rest? Embrace humility, a lowly place, a lowly office, humble food, clothing, etc. It is impossible for the proud to have peace of soul because they always desire great things and often are unable to attain them. Now, humility takes from man every labor and all burdens. Humiliator is the alleviator of every labor and the renewer of strength. Humility is a medicine against all disease and health of soul and body. Now, I think this is interesting to note because now we're finding out in the, in the 21st century with modern medicine that by relieving yourself of stress, you're actually making yourself healthier. It helps prevent cancer. It helps you from losing your hair. It helps keep your skin nice and supple. It does all these things. And what is it that's causing it? They say relieving stress. And people will say, well, in order to relieve stress, you got to do 10 hours of yoga. You got to put all this medicine in your body. You got to do this. You got to do that. And our Lord has told us from the beginning, all you need is meekness and humility of heart and all will be well. So take upon the yoke of our Lord, which is the gospel. Know the gospel, live it out. And I promise you'll have a better time. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, Donnie, what does the catechism say that the purpose of life is? To know, love, and serve God to be happy in the next. That's right. So we can be happy with Him in the next life. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. 
This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. And I mentioned just a second ago that uh, if somebody guessed what it is I have my big plans for this weekend are, I would... I'd let you know, and someone did. So I guess I have to tell you now. Um, Nick very, very clearly expounded upon my future plans very carefully. I mean, these are big, big plans, humongous plans. <laughs> he, Nick said, uh, big plans for Adrian. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's my big plans. I'm going to go to bed Friday night, and I plan to uh, not wake up until, like, I don't know, 10 a.m. on Saturday. That's going to be great. Nice. That's the plans. So. There you go. You there got you go. it. You got it, Nick. That's uh, ten, stress. Ten points for you, Nick. And there you go, folks. I also should go visit my uh, my cousin whose his birthday was um, yesterday. No, Tuesday it was Tuesday. So happy birthday to my cousin Stevie. Um, so congratulations. I was gonna go. He there had some uh, pizza at his <gasps> place, but I, I didn't go because it was at seven p.m. And I'm like, I gotta go to bed, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, yikes. But nonetheless, nonetheless, let's jump into this story. RFK Jr. says that he would back the U.S. dollar with Bitcoin. This is reported by Timcast News. Now, immediately, I'm thinking, oh, this is some good, some bad RFK. Uh, he's a very interesting character. Very, very interesting. Let me go through this just a little bit. He says here that he expressed his support for backing the United States dollar with Bitcoin during Heal the Divide PAC event. He highlighted the dangers of pure fiat currency and the threats of inflation and the destruction of the dollar as a global currency. Now, I think that that right there, I'm 100% in agreement with him. I'm 100% in with, agreement with him that pure fiat currency is a major threat. It's going to destroy the U.S. dollar. It's going to cause great division in the world because the U.S. dollar is a global currency. And as we start destroying the dollar and exporting our dollars outside of America, there's a reason why... Before fiat currency, the countries would basically hoard gold because it was it was making their country wealthy. But we export our dollar and we devalue it. And then one day when that money ends up flooding back into America, it's going to cause massive inflation. The only reason why it hasn't destroyed our currency yet is because a huge chunk of those printed dollars are not even in the states. And when it, if it does come back to the states, meaning if someone else decides to have to use a different currency, like what Russia and China are wanting to do, it will destroy the U.S. dollar. So for that, I'm in agreement with RFK. But then he says this. He says, Kennedy advocated for a basket of hard currencies, including Bitcoin, to be encouraged and promoted by the Kennedy administration. He promotes starting with a small percentage of issued T-bills backed by hard assets like gold, silver, platinum, or Bitcoin, with the possibility of increasing the percentage annually. Kennedy emphasized the benefits of such a system, including financial stability, privacy, promoting innovation, and investment in the United States. He also expressed his intent to end the current Biden administration policies related to Bitcoin and to avoid regulating Bitcoin as a security. Now, I agree with him that hard assets like gold, silver, and platinum is a good idea. I disagree with, one, that Bitcoin is a hard asset. 
and two, that that's a good idea. Because Bitcoin is basically another fiat currency. It's, a big, it's only worth what people are willing to pay for it. Now, it has gone up and down, and it's been more stable than other cryptocurrencies. And I'm not, I, mean, I would never give any financial advice because I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to, <laughs> uh, to financial things. But nonetheless, Bitcoin, I mean, it seems as though people will buy into it. It goes up. People sell it because they don't understand it. And it goes down. And it just moves up and down. And honestly, it just seems like an incredibly elaborate Ponzi scheme. Now, it maybe it is worth investing a little bit of money in just for the sake of it seems that people are thinking that it's worth something and therefore it will be worth something, even though intrinsically it's not. It's just ones and zeros. So is that a good idea to back the US dollar on? I would say no. Might it be a good private investment? Maybe. Maybe. It also may go to zero. It may also be worth nothing. So I do like his idea. I like the thought process behind it. I wish he would have excluded the word Bitcoin from that. I do think it's fine to avoid regulating it as a security, but having a gold, silver, and platinum as hard assets back in the U.S. dollar, I think that's brilliant. And the way he's proposing to do it, I think is also very prudent, saying he's going to do a small percentage and slowly move itself forward. I think that's the right way to do it. I because if we destroy it all right away, it's going to cause big time yeah, problems. I appreciate that he's starting the conversation on this on a national level, finally, because you're right. The, the Chinese are trying their hardest to, to replace the dollar as the unit of, uh, of exchange in the world. and They're not going to succeed. The only way they can succeed is if we do silly things like continue on this course, on this path of continuously uh, diluting the dollar by printing more and more money. Mm -hmm. well, and diluting yep. the dollar, I think, will be the number one cause of a, of a war, in my opinion. I think if It'll we end up going to war, for sure. it's going to be a huge aspect of it because uh, people, like for instance, where is most of our debt owned by? China. China. And so what happens when China says, all right, I want you to pay that bill. Uh, would it be easier to pay the bill or go to war with China? I would argue that the tax uh, taxpayers will say, let's pay the bill. But the government's going to be like, um, I'd rather you die so I don't have to pay uh, the bill. <laughs> So I think that's going to be a very concerning situation. Now, this story, speaking, staying on the topic of money, Daily Wire reports IRS whistleblower gives jaw-dropping answer on if Joe Biden benefited from Sun's business deals. The IRS special agent Zo Joseph Ziegler, a whistleblower who testified before Congress, revealed that he faced numerous roadblocks during his investigation into Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's adult son. Now, I think it's very, very important that we always mention that these are his adult kids. Joe Biden is incredibly old. His kids are older than I am. His <laughs> kids are, I think some of his kids are, are older than you, Tito. Yeah, some of his grandkids are your age or as old as I am. I'm talking about Biden, yeah. Yeah, and so <laughs> this is very important to keep in mind because people say, Joe Biden's kids, leave them out of it. And they're, they kind of have the idea of like, a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old or even like a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old, and they're like, oh, you, you shouldn't be so mean to Joe Biden's kids. These are grown men. These are old guys. Yes. These guys have lived their lives. And so I think it's very, very important to keep that in mind. Yes, absolutely. When asked if he uncovered evidence that President Joe Biden's financials benefited from his son's deals, Ziegler stated that he couldn't answer that question, and he faced obstacles whenever he tried to explore matters related to the president. He expressed concern about treating all taxpayers equally and mentioned that he wanted to interview Hunter Biden's adult children regarding business deductions and expenses, 
but approvals were denied and roadblocks were put in place. His testimony raises questions about the handling of the investigation and potential disparities in treatment among taxpayers. Hmm. Are, is there an elite class that gets treated differently? I, I believe so. And you know who that elite class, it's not about money. It's about political position. Ideology. It's all ideological. They don't care if you're a billionaire, hence Elon Musk. They don't care if you're a millionaire, hence Donald Trump. All they care about is do you hold the leftist position whole and entire? And I do say whole and entire because yeah. who else are they coming after? Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is a a legacy Democrat, who is probably <laughs> the most famous legacy Democrat yeah. of all time. And they are coming after him as a conspiracy theorist, trying to label him an anti-Semite, trying to label him a racist. And he's a Democrat. That, this has been going on for 20 years. Back under Obama, they went after all the Tea Party groups and denied them uh, nonprofit status. So this is nothing new. And this Ziegler character, what is he? Is he a gop mole? Is he a raging right winger? He has same sex attraction and is part of the Democratic Party. He wants to do the right thing. He has, he has stakes in the game on their side, and he's turning them in because he knows what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, it's very, very concerning because, yes, I mean, if this was, you should ask yourself, if you're thinking, well, we shouldn't care that much about this, they should ask, you should ask yourself, how would they treat you if this was your case? If you were in the same situation, your son was, was causing problems, your son was gallivanting around the country, stealing money, uh, using peddling government influence, and then you were receiving money from it, and, you, and that happened to you, what would the IRS do to you? Would they just turn the blind eye and move on? Or would you be arrested? Would they take all your money? Would they take all your possessions? Would they throw you in jail? And why do they not do the same here? Why do they not even look at it? And many people would say, well, we treat the president differently. If they, they have a special status because we, we can't just be arresting our presidents. Well, what about Donald Trump? Every single time he sneezes wrong, they indict him. In fact, right now they're talking about indicting him, and he, Donald Trump came out a couple of days ago saying, oh, yeah, here it comes. I'm going to be indicted. It's over. I think it's very, very concerning, and we should all keep our eyes on the target, especially when we saw, and I didn't even bring this up because I was like, whatever, I don't even care, was the issue of Hunter Biden having cocaine in, his, in the White House. And they, I say, okay, well, we don't know for a fact it was Hunter Biden. Okay, sure, you're right. It's not a, we haven't proved that it was Hunter Biden. But, the, but you're telling me the Secret Service found cocaine in the White House and they cannot figure out who and where it came from? And the White House? The most surveyed building in the entire world. It's, it's got to be at least top two. I would say probably <laughs> Pentagon might be number one, maybe. Yeah. But. It's got to be up there in the most, most surveyed buildings in the world. You're telling me that they can track down the quote-unquote rioters of January 6th, lock them up in prison, use geolocation tracking, and arrest people from all over the country, but they can't figure out where cocaine came from in the White House? It got back the mm. got through the dog sniffers and everything. You're telling me that, yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. So uh, unless they come up with a, and I'm actually honestly surprised, it kind of feels insulting to the U.S. people that they are like trying to tell us, oh, we just don't know. You think they would at least find a fall guy. 
that they would have been like, no, it was actually this low-level staffer. Um, we're going to forgive him, though. We're gonna, he's going to be pardoned and then move on with it. But no, they didn't even find a fall guy. They just, they no. just try to straight-up lie to us. Say, There's, we can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm just thinking, how dumb do they think the U.S. people are? Like, they think we're so dumb that we can we see right in front of our face ridiculous things happening, and we're just going to say, mm, I guess I, we'll never find out. I guess guess we will never know. It's absolutely absurd and ridiculous, and I would always imagine myself, what if this was me? What if this was my son who did that? Or what if I was to had a cocaine in the White House? What would the, what would the U.S. president do? What would the U.S. government do? Would they throw me in prison? Almost certainly. Now, what if it was Donald Trump's son? What if Donald Jr. was found with cocaine in the White House? They would have pinned that on him immediately. Oh, they went after Don Jr. when, when uh, the, the, young, the young Donald kid uh, in the White House, and he was not even a preteen. And here they are giving kid gloves treatment to Hunter Biden, who is, what, in his mid-50s? That's right. That's right. They're always saying, don't talk about their kids, but they came after Barron Trump. Yep. And Barron Trump is a, is a child. He's a literal child. He's a, he's a preteen. I think he's like 16 now, 17. Yeah, he's like seven foot tall. Yeah, he's a giant. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's a his uh, got good genes in that guy. He's gonna. He's he is pretty tall. People have been making jokes about a, a Trump dynasty with Barron. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I he's he's a child. We'll see what happens when he's in a, when he gets becomes an adult. But very very concerning. This two tiered justice system. If you're a if you have any kind of right wing views, even if it's something so little as RFK Jr., you're gonna be attacked, maligned set aside, imprisoned. But if you hold to leftist orthodoxy, well, then you'll be favored. You'll be praised. You'll be glorified. The question is, do we burn incense to the golden calf? I know I won't. What about you? When we come back, some more stories. Ugh, gun control laws coming up next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no comment commentary needed there. Secondly, you going to walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes. Every Sunday at Mass, that's how I know objectively that Christ is in me. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023 in the year of our Lord. And these are your headlines for this morning. 1440 is reporting carbon rich cosmic dust typically associated with more mature galaxies was detected within the first billion years after the Big Bang. 
much earlier than previously thought, according to a new paper published yesterday. Astronomers claim the findings, the latest enabled by the James Webb Space Telescope's ultra-sensitive hardware, may suggest a previously unknown mechanism driving the star formation in the early universe. Hmm. Catholic World News is reporting, according to the new annual report released by the USCCB Secretariat of Child and Youth Protection, there were 2,700 new abuse allegations against Catholic clergy lodged between mid-2021 and mid-2022. These allegations involved 1,998 alleged victims. Between mid-2021 and mid-2022, the abuse scandal cost U.S. dioceses $157 million plus dollars and religious orders $44 million plus. Wow. Life News is reporting exciting things are happening in Texas because of its pro-life laws. In one Texas-based agency saw a 30% increase in domestic infant adoptions since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June 2022. And other adoption agencies say they are seeing a similar trend. Goes to show that it is important who you vote for to get elected into office and provide those pro-life judges that we need in the Supreme Court and all the lower-level courts as well. Good job, Mr. Uh, previously President to Biden. Catholic World News and Religion Clause are reporting with votes of 76 to 23 in the State House and 28 to 11 in the State Senate. Louisiana legislators voted to override Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of the Stop Harming Our Kids Act, which prohibits gender transition procedures for minors. Hurrah for Louisiana. And finally, Catholic News Agency is reporting most Holy Trinity Catholic Church in northeast El Paso, Texas, was vandalized three days ago. Also, plus a month ago, on June 16th, two vandals were caught on camera drawing anti-Catholic graffiti on the walls of Annunciation Catholic School in Denver, Colorado. Uh, the heats keep on coming. I wonder if the FBI will get involved. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up today. You know, I was going to cover this story a little bit later, but you kind of brought it up, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yes. As Louisiana's Republican-majority House overrides Democrat governor's veto on child sex changes. I think this is very good news. Yes, uh, outstanding news. I'm actually really impressed as well because from when I was looking at the story, some Democrats cross party lines who support the override. Yeah, Louisiana is similar to West Virginia, where the, it's the uh, old yellow dog Democrats, are, i.e., they're conservative. And it's a little surprising that the Democratic governor vetoed it in the first place because he is conservative as well. I can't remember what his reasoning was, but I am so happy that they overrode his veto. And so. Uh, people, you can step up on the local level, and, and beautiful things like this can happen uh, in your state. Amen, amen. And you know what else is interesting is the, uh, as you said, that you don't know why he did this, but I was looking at his, uh, his reasoning. He said that it claims that it tramples on, quote, parental rights and, quote, denies health care to a very small, unique, and vulnerable group of children, end quote. He also claimed... And this is the most ridiculous thing. He also claimed that child sex changes are not happening in the state and that claims to the contrary are propaganda and misinformation generated by national interest groups. Now, here's my question. Hmm. Let's say you're right. It's not happening. What's the problem with banning it? If it's not happening, then why is it a problem to ban it? Yeah. 
I, th- I think he's being pressured by the National Democratic Committee because he's eyeing, he wants to run for Senate. That's, well, that's what it, I think that's my best guess why he, he pressured, he caved, like uh, Tulsi Gabbard did when she, uh, sw- when she switched over to the Democratic Party at the local level in Hawaii. Yeah, well, it was very concerning to see uh, that the governor was willing to do that, and that was his reasoning, because it's always interesting to me that our, that same argument pops up all the time. They're always saying, um, we don't do it, and it's fine that we're doing it. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, what? They're like, it, it's not happening in our state, and uh, you should not ban the thing that's not happening. Well, that's if, nuts. If it's not happening, then why do you care so much? And if it is happening, then we need to ban it. So either way, I don't see the problem with banning it. So this is very, very concerning. I'm glad that yes. the Republicans and the Democrats in Louisiana uh, decided to shake hands and overturn that. So it's going to the state Senate, and let's pray that that gets passed because uh, the Senate is, in fact, controlled by the Republicans. So hopefully, hopefully that gets put through. Let's pray that that does. We have to start having more and more of these. Just like Tito said, we can affect change. It's not... All hope is not lost. We can win. And speaking of winning, Tio also brought this up in the first news segment. A major pornography site blocks access in Virginia and Mississippi due to age verification laws. Pornhub has blocked access to users in Virginia and Mississippi due to laws in these states requiring age verification for access to pornographic websites. The legislation, which took effect on July 1st, mandates users to submit scans of government IDs to prove that they are at least 18 years old. The pornography site claims that similar laws in other states, such as Louisiana, led to an 80% drop in web traffic. However, the site argues that age verification is ineffective and risks user privacy and children's safety. It prefers age verification to be enforced at the device level. Over a dozen states have declared pornography use a public health crisis, citing negative psychological, social, and physical impacts associated with pornography consumption. I think this is another case of good news. Yeah, I, it's, there, uh, I want to dwell, delve into it a little bit more. There is hope in blue and v- purple states. Virginia, purple transitioning to blue state, and, and some people say they are blue state, but uh, they passed this law, this anti-pornography law, Louisiana, a, a, uh, a, a red trying to, trying to transition to purple state, passed that, that uh, anti-transition law. So you, your voice does matter. Peep, you'd be surprised you, who you think are far left, their parents. Parents look out for the needs of their children automatically, not automatically, but nine times out of ten, ideology goes out the window. What led to the Republican victory taking the governor position in Virginia were outraged liberals when they were doing uh, those those clowns that go to the school. and drag queens. uh, Thank you. You know, it's interesting because the Tim Cass, for instance, there's a Tim Pool. He is not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but he's labeled as a right-wing extremist. He's labeled as a conservative. He's a libertarian. He's a liberal. He's a a liberal uh, through and through, and yet he's labeled as this right-wing extremist because it's ridiculous in our current environment. If you have a head on your shoulders, if you have any sort of reason in your mind, then you're considered right-wing. Joe Rogan, Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. uh, Joe Rogan's another uh, great example. RFK Jr. Joe Rogan is by no stretch of the no, imagination conservative. a conservative. Mm-mm. Yet there's going to be a great chance that he's going to be voting Republican. Um, it's just because the Democrat Party has gotten so bad. Yeah. It's so bad that it's Far like... Far left. At, at, certain, at one point in time in history, 
there could be legitimate debate on like, oh, okay, should a Catholic vote Democrat or a Catholic vote Republican? Yes. Now both parties are bad, but the Democrat Party is just, Worse. they just support nothing but evil, nothing but evil. Yep. And it is just absolutely horrific. So it's good to see that people are waking up and realizing, hey, I need to support Catholic values. I need to destroy pornography in the States. And here's another lesson that when, that when they pass these laws, 80% drop in web traffic to those sites. Good. And what does that tell us? That tells us that the law is a teacher. The law works. People say things like this, and in one sense they're right, but another sense they're wrong. They say things like this. We don't want to make abortion illegal. We want to make it unthinkable. Well, no. I want it to be illegal and unthinkable. That law is a teacher. Yes, we, if we want someone to say, oh, you know what? I don't want murder to be illegal. I want it to be unthinkable. Well, yeah, of course, we want to teach people that, that murder is wrong. But for those who are just ridiculous or those people who are tempted to commit murder, we need laws to help enforce it. And then we need reasons to, reasons to be able to punish people who then violate it. Yes, we're, we're a nation of laws. We've inherited from our English uh, patrimony on the rule of law. And uh, what St. Thomas More said, if, if you were to, to reduce all the laws in the world just to do something right, that he would oppose it. Now, it's interesting because we think about the legal theory here, and you may say, okay, what is the purpose of laws? The purpose of laws are to, one, whenever you want to get someone to do something, the number one way that you want to get them to do it is by getting them to agree with you. Because if they agree with you, then they're going to do it. And so you have to have them be true believers. So using murder is a great example, but this applies to any law. If everyone agrees that murder is wrong, then yeah, the law is good to be there. It's not necessary because everybody already knows it's wrong, but it's good for it to be there. Uh, the second thing is to recognize, okay, well, I may not agree with you, but it is good to have those laws because many people might do it anyway, so we might want to have those laws there in place. You might think of, like, speeding laws. We say, okay, well, it's probably good that we have some speeding laws because I mean, if people are driving 75 miles an hour to school zone, that might not be good for, for killing people and might in some, uh, do some harm to our country. And then lastly, they say, okay, well, if all else fails, we need laws to just say, all right, you guys are not going to be able to do the right thing. We can't convince you. Correct. So there's got to be a little bit of coercion going on. And that's when we have laws. All right, we'll be right back talking about gun laws next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Because Jesus said in Matthew 23 that no one should be called rabbi, father, or teacher, I'm sure you would never call one of your teachers teacher, would you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a Catholic no-no, calling a priest father. Well, what about Paul calling Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus his sons? No doubt his spiritual sons, but is it not proper for a spiritual son to call his spiritual father father? This reverential title should never have generated such a big point of contention. Secondly, the New Testament. In Acts 7 and Romans 9, we see the term father being used referring to Abraham and some of our great patriarchs. And my take, isn't context everything? When Jesus is speaking to the multitudes, it's oftentimes in the language and style of hyperbole. His discourse was not focused on titles or ecclesiastical guidelines. Jesus was once again warning against giving honor where honor is not due. Next time you see your pastor, just say, hey, preacher, uh, it just seems so lacking. Hey, Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, luminous, joyful, and 
There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you, dude. Praise be to God. Now, we're talking about laws, talking about the rule of law, talking about things like that. And in America, we have our own rule of law. And, you know, you may debate on whether or not you like it. You may debate on whether or not the Constitution is good or whether you like the Constitution. But the fact is that we live in America and we have our Constitution. And so we should enforce our laws. And this is the case. And the only way we can say otherwise is if we decide to make an amendment. We overturn the Constitution. So until that happens... We should enforce the laws that are in our country. And this is the thought that I had because Tim Cast News reports the U.S. Senate quietly adds permanent gun control law into 2024 NDAA authorization. Now, Congress considers the 2024 National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, an important development has been uncovered by the Second Amendment Advocacy Group, Gun Owners of America. It seems that Senate leaders are attempting to quietly slip in gun control legislation as part of the NDAA. Specifically, an amendment introduced by Senator Jack Reed aims to end the sunset provision on the Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988, effectively making it a permanent law. The Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988 criminalizes firearms that are unable to be detected by metal detectors and x-ray machines commonly used at places like airports. While the amendment was proposed by a Democrat, gun rights organization asserts that both Republicans and Democrats are involved in the efforts to make gun control law permanent. This is very important to keep in mind because basically it's going to say you can't have guns made of certain materials. You have to have guns and they have to be made out of certain materials. So this is a direct replacement of our laws, especially since right now the U.S. military is moving to have more and more plastic in their weapons, including in their ammo, because it causes them to be lighter um, be able to carry more. And then so if that's where our military is going, it's only right that the population is also going that direction. Why? Because the whole point of the Second Amendment is to protect ourselves against the government. It's not for hunting. People always say, oh, but you can hunt and do sports. You don't need that kind of gun. Just use a rifle. Just use a hunting rifle. And that's not the point of the Second Amendment. The Biden administration has previously stated that its intention to direct the U.S. Attorney General to help Congress modernize and permanently codify the Undetectable Firearms Act, which is set to expire in December of 2023. Gun rights advocates argue that this law targets individuals who legally own 3D-printed firearms and quote-unquote ghost guns, which are firearms lacking serial numbers and therefore difficult to trace by law enforcement. However, the National Firearm Industry Trade Association clarifies that even 3D-printed guns are not truly undetectable as they are required to include metal components, making them detectable by metal detectors and x-ray machines. The amendment, if approved, would allow the Biden administration to potentially enact broader gun bans and could eliminate accountability if the statute is misused by the government. Gun Owners of America views the law as a backdoor gun ban that infringes on constitutional rights and are urging people to contact their House representatives and senators to oppose the reauthorization of the 1988 bill. So I think this is very important that we keep in mind and that we keep an eye on. And it's very important that we have these whistleblower groups, that we have these watchdogs, because they bloat our documents 
with so many pages that nobody will ever find these things. People, this literally has to be someone's full time job to just read every document coming out of the out of the uh, out of the U.S. government to check to see if they're trying to sneak something past us. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that absurd that our government is trying to pass public laws and like, oh, we weren't hiding it. We, it was on page 97 of our 300-page document. Yeah. It was right there. Very, very concerning. Um, I think, and T- Ted Cruz tried to do this years ago. He tried to put it all to say, your documents have to be like under five pages or have to be under 10 pages or something like that. I can't remember what it was specifically. He's like, you have to put things to be short because the U.S. citizens should be able to read it. No, no U.S. citizen. Let me ask you, could you sit down and if I handed you a 300-page document and said, all right, this bill is going to get passed in a week, can you read this and let me know what you think? What would you do? Nope. I wouldn't read it. There's no way. I don't have time for that. Who has time for that? It literally has to. We have to have entire organizations whose only job is to read these documents because no one else will. Very, very concerning situation. And I think really the most concerning about that is the fact that they're trying to sneak this pa- past us. That they're not even just going to they're not going to put it up for debate, don't want to put it up for discussion. Like this is the whole point of democracy, no? Are we a democracy? Uh, I don't think we really are, not anymore. Scratch a democrat, get a communist. It feels like it. Feels like we're going that way. Now, this story is also very concerning. Epic Times put out toxic chemicals used in plastics, cosmetics found in pregnant women's blood. A study conducted by the University of California has found that 97% of pregnant women in the San Francisco Bay Area have blood containing nine toxic environmental chemicals, including those used in plastics, food packaging, cosmetics, and food emulsifiers. These chemicals, such as perfluoroalkyl substances, I cannot, I will never be able to say that word, has been linked to an increased risk of poor pregnancy outcomes, including gestational diabetes and hypertension. The researchers noted that exposure to PFAS during pregnancy may negatively impact placenta development and metabolic pathways. Chemicals used in plastic and resin manufacturing, as well as common plasticizers found in various products, were also detected in the samples. The study emphasizes the need for policymakers and regulators to address the potential health risks associated with these toxic chemicals. Wow. Yeah, that's a big problem. These chemicals that we're putting in our food and our water do you drink out of a plastic bottle if you do there's probably microplastics in your water do you drink and do you eat things that are packaged in plastics probably plastics in that too it's very very concerning we see more and more these health problems rising from the things that we eat and drink and these are health problems that we shouldn't have because all we have to do is stop poisoning ourselves and the other main concern is cosmetics how many women are covering themselves in cosmetics and they're causing problems to their kids? And so it's always interesting to me when it, the debate about vaccines comes up because they're saying, like, oh, yeah, vaccines cause autism and all these things. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But I would argue that it's I mean, I would, would not be surprised if it's true, but it's a it's more of a this and more than it is a it's for sure this like there is. All these things that we're doing, all these things that we're doing, our plastics, our cosmetics, our vaccines, our chemicals in our food, our emulsifiers, birth control our, pills, our birth control pills, our preservatives, all these things that we're putting into things that we are around, do we think that they're not going to affect us? 
you, you know, they did a study on the Amish, and they don't have television, they don't have electricity, they don't, so they don't drink a lot of plastic products, so they, they self-contain, they're autocratic, I guess, and uh, they have the lowest forms of mental illness, of cancer, of uh, uh, other long-term diseases than any other uh, demographic group in the United States. I wonder what that tells you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Now, I want to see this story a little bit because there's another story here that I think is interesting. It's uh, more of a, a Catholic news story, so moving from the political sphere to the Catholic sphere. And this here is very interesting to me. It was uh, put out by a Catholic Conclave, a blog, and they were reporting on this story. The Jesuits, an order present in Linz, Austria, for 400 years, are leaving the city due to a decline in their numbers and need to consecrate their, concentrate their efforts. Provincial Father Bernhard Bugler expressed the sadness surrounding the departure, stating, quote, The farewell to Linz is very painful. He mentioned that the order is becoming smaller and older, which led to the decision to withdraw from the city. Bugler added that the withdrawal is also aimed to opening up space for new endeavors and focused on the order's profile. And I think one thing that's interesting is the picture that is put of uh, this, the provincial for the Jesuits here. He's in a shirt, just a, co- <laughs> a button-down shirt, and I'm thinking... Not a t-shirt, not a, a sweater? No no collar, no collar. And I'm like, okay, okay, problem. Uh, oh, okay, why, why do you not wear your uh, collar? You're talking about the Black Pope? No. Okay. I'm talking about the provincial for the uh, community. Ah, uh, uh, sorry. The yeah. superior general of the Jesuits would be considered the, the, Black, Pope. the Black Pope. Okay. Um, every province has a provincial. Uh, the departure from Linz, however, does not mean a complete break. The Jesuits continue to have presence in Aloisium, an Ignatian network school associated with the Association of Jesuit Schools in Austria and Germany. Regarding their future focus, the Jesuit order in the province intend to concentrate areas like retreats, social justice, and youth engagement, and climate protection. Now, hmm. when has social justice and climate protection been part of the Jesuit mission? That's very interesting to me that that would be part of the Jesuit mission. Climate protection? Where did Ignatius talk about in that in the spiritual exercises? It's all about uh, evangelization and a spiritual discipline. What what are these guys doing? My goodness. You you can tell that they've abandoned Catholic doctrine when they've abandoned their cassock. Basic Catholic doctrine, the the fundamentals of our faith. Climate protection? What are they going to do? handing out umbrellas and, and PFSFP sunscreen? Well, Brugler highlighted that Father Jorg Alt as one of their well-known climate protection representatives in the German-speaking world. He noted that while there are different approaches and methods to climate protest within the order, they emphasize nonviolence and avoid causing harm to others. Well, I am glad that the Jesuits are not going to be violent and when they're doing climate protest. Was that a question? Was that like a concern? Was there like debate among the Jesuits about <laughs> using violence to protect to protect the environment? That's weird way to put that. When discussing the challenge of attracting new members, Burglar noticed uh, mentioned the crisis faced by the church and their religion, making it difficult for young people to commit to an institution in such a situation. He acknowledged that living the vows of poverty, celibacy, chastity, and obedience might be more challenging for younger individuals today. No. It's not. The challenge is that what do young people want to give their lives for? And this comes from someone who I joined religious life 
and I left. This is someone I know many people who have joined religious life. I know people who were in were novices, who were postulants all over the world. And I'll tell you, young people want to give their lives for something great. We are happy to take those vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. We would love nothing more than to do those things. But for what? Unto what end? Unto what end am I doing this? Unto what end am I going to be poverous? Am I going to be celibate? Am I going to be obedient? Unto what end? Is it for the glory of God and the salvation of souls? Then amen. Is it for the right worship of Almighty God? Then amen. Let's sacrifice everything for Almighty God. But if it's for the earth, for climate change, for social justice, why am I going to give up the goods of the world for that? Why am I going to give up the good of having a family, of having a wife, of having kids for that? The unseriousness of the faith, the unseriousness of some of these people, of the liturgies, the banal liturgies that they want us to celebrate, the banal practices that you don't have. We're not going to ask much of you. Oh, do the divine office. But if you can't do it, it's not a sin. Oh, fast on Fridays. If, if you want, if you don't fast, it's not a big deal. What kind of unseriousness are you calling us to? And no one wants to give their life for that. No, instead, young people are attracted to challenge, to adversity. It is through challenge and adversity that we can thrive and we can be great saints. So don't give us an easy faith. Don't give us a weak faith. Give us a whole faith. Whole, strong, unadulterated. Give us that, and I promise your order will thrive. We'll be right back. Speaking of thriving, we're going to talk about devotion to Our Lady with Alan Smith coming up next. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friends tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institutions, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. 
Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. My name is Catherine and Valerie and Sarah, and we attend St. Maximilian Colby Catholic Community. And you're listening to KSHJ Houston, 1430 AM. Radio for your soul. The woes of society, the woes in the church, and it gets kind of discouraging sometimes. Sometimes we hang our head down and we almost begin to weep. But... There is good news. There's always good news. And on joining us to talk about this good news is Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today, because the good news is we always have comfort in the Blessed Virgin Mary. Good morning to you, Mr. Smith. Uh, Good morning, Adrian. It is great to be here with you. And um, I tell you, um, we need the Blessed Mother more than ever before. And, um, you know, when people ask me about Bishop Sheen and the Blessed Virgin Mary, I think they ask because deep inside they're saying, I need to have a better relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary. I I need to know who she is. I I don't really know anything about her. And yeah, I, I see the statue and the beautiful picture of her, but I don't really know her. And I think this is what Fulton Sheen did so well. He says, I'm gonna tell you about her. I'm gonna tell you why I love her why she's the world's first love. Um, and that's what he did so well, is he said, you know what, I'm going to introduce you to my mother and your mother. You just don't know it yet that she's your mother, but I'm going to introduce her to you. So uh, great that we have this opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, some of Fulton Sheen's writings and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, before we get into the writings, I'm very curious about Fulton Sheen's devotion to Our Lady of Lords. Could you tell me a little bit about that? It, yeah, I mean, of all of the Marian apparitions, uh, it seemed that Lourdes had this uh, attraction uh, with Fulton Sheen. Uh, it's been documented that he made 30 pilgrimages to Lourdes um, over the years, um, of course, to give thanks and to uh, to pray. And I think uh, because he spent so much time in the healing ministry, and I think of his work as the head of the propagation of the faith and how he spent 16 years of his life serving the poor, helping the marginalized, uh, bringing awareness to um, the difficulties of so many people all over the world. And yet the healing waters of Lourdes, um, how people are drawn looking for that healing. And so I think there was a good therapy there uh, in the way he preached, but also the way he conducted himself. Uh, he knew that he needed healing himself. This is the thing, too, is sometimes we look at saints and think they have no problems. But Fulton Sheen had difficulties. He, of course, he had a heart condition. He had a, st- a stomach ailment. He had just the worries of being a priest and the burden of his ministry. So he went to mother. And I think that's a beautiful example. When you say to people, where do you go on vacation? And you say, oh, I go, I go to Marian shrines. Ah, that's where your love is. Your love is with Our Lady. So again, 30 times in Lourdes, but 
Um, he loved Fatima too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> he loved the other Marian apparitions, but Lourdes had a very special spot in his heart. Yeah, you know, the it's very interesting to me because his story that he tells, and I forget which which radio broadcast it was that he did this on, but he is talking about devotion to Our Lady and how he wanted to go visit Our Lady of Lourdes really badly, but he couldn't afford to go. He just didn't have the money. And so he decided, you know what? If Our Lady wants me to go, she'll take care of it. And he went to Lourdes and he traveled there. He got a hotel, he stayed, and he was like, okay, well, now I got to pay for this. And he sits there and he's going through the pilgrimage. And the last day of his trip comes, and he's like, oh, this is not good. I still don't have the money to pay for it. And back then, you would make sure all that was taken cover at the end of the trip. And he said, he decided, okay, I'm going to stay one more day. And he's like, all right, my lady, it's up to you. This is your last time. It's your chance to save the day. And he runs into some Americans in the lobby. And in the lobby, they're told, they ask him, oh, are you an American? Uh, do you speak French? Can you be our tour guide? And he's like, oh, yes, of course. Yes, 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 very much so. And he says, and he said, uh, he goes, and then he asked me, the most wonderful question: Have you paid your bill? <laughs> and they <laughs> they covered the cost of his uh, of his trip, and uh, that was Our Lady and his uh, devotion and trust and Our Lady's help. Tell me about that a little bit, Alan Smith. Right. Yeah. You say that you know you tell the story well. It is true what you said. He, uh, of course, had to wait on the Lord. He had to wait on his mother to the very last moment, and she rescued him, uh, not just of a small bill, but a big bill. And so he was grateful. But he was there on pilgrimage to give thanksgiving for his priesthood. Um, you know, he has this uh, love story with Our Lady, and I tell this story, too, to add to your story. Um, you know, he recalls how on the day of his baptism, uh, he was baptized, and his mother then brought this little baby uh, towards the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the church, and she just said, you know, I want to give you my son. I want you to take care of him. And she would tell him that story throughout his childhood. Oh, on the day of your baptism, I took you and I put you in front of the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, I wanted Mary to be your mother and uh, to just watch over your whole life. And, you know, it touched his heart so much that on his first Holy Communion, he made a, a little consecration to Our Lady, uh, kind of a, a renewal of a pledge. And, of course, kept that love throughout his life. And when he was ordained a priest, uh, he made a promise that every Saturday he would offer a Mass in honor of her in thanksgiving for his priesthood, that Our Lady would protect his priesthood. Uh, and then, as he became a bishop, he, uh, of course, gave a beautiful tribute to Our Lady in his coat of arms, where he wrote, Dapermatra me venere which means that I may come to Jesus through his mother. Uh, again, just saying in his coat of arms, uh, go to Jesus through Mary. We need her. So there's that connection. It started on the day of his baptism and went through his whole life and it carried into his priesthood and his uh, role as a bishop. So uh, he, <laughs> he not just talked the talk, he walked the walk. Amen, yeah. amen. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm thinking of of the um, walking the walk of what was the message at, at Lourdes. There was many, many things that Our Lady said there, but one thing in particular that I think really spoke to Sheen was penance, penance, 
penance. And, I, and it reminds me of the story where he is there at Lord's praying and saying mass at Lord's. And he prays that God give him a suffering to convert a soul. And then soon after mass was ended, a young woman starts following him to his residence. And he's like, uh, he's like, why is this woman following me around? And then he, he basically asks, tells God, she must, be the, she must be the problem that I'm looking for. And sure enough, she was an atheist. And she was with a large group of people. And he ended up having to uh, be, be labor with her for, for many days. And afterwards, he, she was able to be converted. And she, her soul was saved. And I think that's very interesting because later that, that trip that she stayed behind with Sheen, she ended up, the, uh, the bus ended up going off a cliff and everyone in the group died. And I was thinking, wow, wow. that's incredible. It's an insane story. It's sad that those people die, but look at, look at that, that God's providence in that, God, the, the work of Our Lady's hand. And you think to yourself, what am I doing to save souls? Do I ask God for small sufferings to convert souls? And for many of us, we, we desire that family members be converted. But do we ever say, I'm going to do penance so that way their souls will be converted? And what are your thoughts on that, Alan Smith? Right. Um, you know, I, I cannot help but think of Sheen would give practical examples. You know, he, you know, he would ask us, everybody, you've got to make reparation. You've got to offer up some suffering. You have to pray that God will use you. Um, you know, so you go, oh, yeah, that's fine. But show me the way. And then, he, of course, he would say, well, how about we just imitate our mother? You know, our parents are those beautiful examples to us, their children. And so he would point to the Blessed Virgin Mary and say, okay, let me show you how she does it. Okay, you know, a sacrifice you could do would be visit a relative. Maybe call up a friend that you've ignored for a while. What does the Blessed Virgin Mary do? She goes in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth to serve her, to go out of her way, to make a five-day journey. She's pregnant with child, yet she serves. Look at that great example. Maybe you can do just even a little bit like that. Um, look how the Blessed Virgin Mary, when she searched for her child for three days, she didn't want to be separated from him any longer. She had that energy to say, I'm going to seek him out. And do we do the same thing? Do we say, you know, I haven't been to visit our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament for a while. Do I really miss him? You know, it's always these things. But he's saying, look to her. She's got this great example. Let's open our Bible and you'll see example after example of how the Blessed Virgin Mary shows us how to suffer, how to be patient, how to just give ourselves. And I think that's the gift of Fulton Sheen. He makes the Blessed Virgin Mary real and practical. And uh, just simple examples like that is what he did time and time again. Now, another thing that's interesting at Lourdes, and now we have not even talked about the book at all, but the it's just I just love Fulton Sheen's devotion to Lourdes, and I think it just it's so relevant to our times, is that our Lord, Lady of Lourdes, she said, I am the Immaculate Conception. And there is much, much talking and writing that could be said about that exact, that little phrase. But one thing that I want to focus on is the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. And there is nobody on the planet who ever lived and ever will live who had a pure heart like that of the Immaculate Virgin Mary. And so, too, one grace that we should ask for from Our Lady is 
that grace of having purity of heart, especially in our very decadent society, this grace we should ask for daily. I'll let you uh, expound on that, Alan Smith. Right. Well, Fulton Sheen, in one of the books that he wrote, wrote many books. I mean, I think there was uh, 66 on record, uh, but he would always use the seven last words and tie it into different themes or, um, you know, of course, the beautiful words, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. Uh, in one book, he talks about uh, holy, holy, holy. I think it was Calvary in the Mass. And he attributed the Blessed Virgin Mary and the words holy, holy, holy. And he said time and time again, if you're striving for personal holiness, you cannot do it without her. You cannot do it without her. You need the Blessed Virgin Mary to help you to become holy. And I know during the part of the Mass, when we hear the Sanctus, 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 or the Holy, 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 I whisper under my breath the words, Mary, Mary, Mary. I, I need her to help me to be holy. I've realized that, that the words of Fulton Sheen are true. If you want personal holiness, you need to go to her. She will help you with that. And uh, so this is the thing, being pure of heart, of course, she leads by example, and she imitates Christ, for he was truly pure of heart. And yet, we have to have that call to holiness. Did we wake up this morning and say, I'm going to try to become holy? Um, again, if we go to Mary, she will help us become holy. So um, there's my two cents. Amen. Amen. And I think um, the other thing that we think of when we think of Our Lady is uh, humility. That was kind of the gospel this morning. Is follow our Lord, for he is meek and humble of heart. And who imitates our Lord the best? The Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, last thoughts on, uh, on this, Alan Smith, before we uh, take off, but uh, last thoughts. Yeah, uh, the importance of the rosary. I, I think Fulton Sheen many times would just say to people, you need to pray the rosary. Uh, you can get the rosary in. This is where I think, oh, I don't have time. I don't know how I'm going to carve out time to pray the rosary. And he'd say, well, you know, how about you do a decade while you're driving to your commute? Pray another decade of the rosary while you're waiting for your bill at lunch. Pray another decade while you're, um, you know, just doing that walk from point A to point B. You know, he was saying it, it is doable, but pray the rosary. Mm. Uh, unite your prayers to God, and of course, meditate on the life of Christ. And so uh, the importance of the rosary, and I think this is where sometimes we uh, lose this holy habit. we got to put it, uh, put a priority on it. And uh, again, the holy habit of prayer, but pray the rosary. Amen. Amen. We'll see you, Alan Smith, in the after show. But for right now, we're going to go to Fear and Trembling. So check it out. Bishop Sheen today. Check out Bishop Sheen today with Alan Smith. But we're going to go to Fear and Trembling Game Show. You can call in and be a winner. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. One last time. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling. We always take the first caller. So call now. We'll be right back.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. feel like life is just too busy, too much, constant noise, social and traffic, work, paint, bills, it just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, then find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Seven five seven nine four two four. That's the number to call to be part of the game show Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. Now, you may be asking, what can I win? What am I listening to? What do I have to do to win? Well, the first thing you got to do to win is call the number 877-757-9424. The second thing you need to know is how to play the game. How to play the game? It's very simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions here. The trick is I'm not going to ask you the question. No, instead, I'm going to ask Tito the questions. Tito's going to get these three questions, and it's his job to tell me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Tito is right or Tito is wrong. And every right answer, which means that you have a 50-50 chance of getting each and every question correct. And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win? Thank you for asking, Adrian. The Fear and Trembling prize for today is a CDT prize pack, which includes a Catholic Drive Time mug signed by Adrian, myself, Taylor, and Rudy, including two books by Fulton Sheen, and they are Seven Last Words and Holy Hour. Can't win if you don't call in at 877-757-9424. All the lines are open. That's right. So that means the next person who calls in will, in fact, be our contestant because we always take the first caller. That's number 877-757-9424. And make sure you call in now because uh, their chances of winning is really good because, like I said, uh, at the top of the hour, they... the lottery chances of you winning that not very likely nope somebody the chances won. of you winning here is incredibly likely so make sure you do that 877-757-9424 and i'm looking at the questions here and i have to say this is all easy question thursday all easy question thursday so if you're going to want to call in today that number 
877-757-9424. Your Make sure you call in. Yeah, your chances of winning are much better than being caught with a dime bag of cocaine in the White House. So now is the time to call at 877-757-9424. All okay. lines are open. All right there. Okay, very interesting. And that we are very appreciative for everyone who calls in. If you want to, you can always go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. There you can find all of our information. Our phone numbers listed there. Emails listed there. Our how to join our email list is listed there. All that, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get connected with us and thank you to everyone who just called in we love to see the phones come in there so praise be to god and joining us right now is emmy good morning to you emmy good morning emmy where are you calling from uh san angelo san angelo praise be to god that's a wonderful part of texas we love to hear it and where are you off to this morning to work to work uh where is work uh, I work for adult probation. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, in San Angelo, what is the best thing to do when you come to San Angelo? Um, it just depends what you're looking for. Usually, because we have a, uh, a family, we usually like um, to scroll downtown, go to the ice cream shops. Um, we used to play Pokemon a lot before uh, <laughs> I went to work. And nice. And that was a very, very good family uh, mm. outing for us for kids. Now, one of my favorite things about San Angelo, I'm actually thinking about taking a trip to San Angelo very soon, actually, is Venerable Mary of Agreda of Agreda, Spain, bilocated to San Angelo, oh, Texas. That is right. In the 1600s. And there's this beautiful statue of Our Lady, uh, of not Our Lady, of, of uh, Venerable Mary of Agreda there in San Angelo. And my little sister is actually working on a massive painting project of Venerable Mary of Agreda. And so we're thinking about taking a trip out there to go see the sites where she appeared. I think that's really cool. Yes. And uh, it's usually at the Riverwalk. Uh, they have the Lady in Blue. So There you go. So now I know where I need to go, the Riverwalk. All right. Uh, that's enough talking about uh, about Vinyl Mary of Agreed. I might go into too much too much of a tangent if we keep doing, going down that path. But you called in for the game show. Do you know the rules? you know how to play? Yes. Perfect. Then you know Tito can be tricky. So your ears are tuned, right? Yes. Be very Perfect. careful. Perfect. Let's jump into question number one here. All right. Question number one, Tito, are you ready? I am ready. Be All careful right. there. What is the most common prayer in Christianity? The most common prayer in Christianity, that has to be the one that Jesus taught. And it's in the Bible. It's the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, there you go, folk. There you go. The Lord's Prayer. That's also known as... Paternoster. Paternoster. Okay. All right, Emmy. 15 seconds on the clock. The question, and whew, this is a good one. What is the most common prayer in Christianity? Well, Tito seems to think it's the Lord's Prayer, or otherwise known as the Our Father or the Paternoster. What say you, Emmy? Uh, Tito's right. She says Tito is right. 
Well, we'll see. We're going to test that theory, and it is correct. It is, in fact, the Our Father. The Our Father is the most common prayer in Christianity. I'd probably say number two is probably Ave Maria, the Hail Mary. Ave Maria. But there you go, folks. Very, very good. Emmy, you're doing wonderful. Are you ready for question number two? All right, let's jump into it then. Question number two. Okay. Now, this question could be a little tricky. Oh, boy. Could be a little tricky. This is a multiple choice. So you have three uh, options here. Like an SAT. Okay. All right. Are our souls A, immortal, B, eternal, or C, temporal? As my study advisor would always tell me, always opt for B if nothing else you can, uh, uh, works. So uh, I'm going with B, uh, eternal. Okay. You're saying our souls are eternal. Yes, they're All forever. Right. All right, Emmy. Uh, this question could be tricky. Here's the question. 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, are our souls A, immortal, B, eternal, or C, temporal? 15 seconds on the clock. Emmy from San Angelo. Tito says it's B, eternal. Is he right or is he wrong? Oh, uh, I want to say he's right. You want to say he's right. Are you sure with that? Uh, let's go no. She said let's go no. I... She's... Let's see. Let's see. He, she's right. And you are correct. Hey, you know, no, our wow. souls are not eternal, but they are immortal. Uh, eternal would mean they've always existed. They've been, they never had a beginning, never had an end. They live for all eternity. Whereas immortal means that they are created and then they never die. And so our souls are immortal. They are created at our conception and they never die. So very good, Emmy. I knew you yes, knew that one. Yes, very good. You you probably got into a good private school, of course. She clearly she's a philosopher. Philosopher. I chose B, and I I got into a public school. So <laughs> there you go. Well, very good, Emmy. You're doing wonderful. You ready for question number three? Yes. All right. Let's jump into question number three. Okay. What are the first five words of the confitior? In English. Ah, yes. Liturgy. Uh, I confess to all, Almighty God. Say that again. I confess to Almighty God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I confess to Almighty God. Just I making sure that was five words. To, Just making sure. I'm counting hands or words. words. There you okay. go. All right, Emmy. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is... What are the first five words of the confitior in English? Tito seems to think it's, I confess to Almighty God. What say you, Emmy, from San Angelo, Texas? Um, I'm going to say uh, that's not right. Are you sure that's not right? No, it's right. I'm just, it's right. <laughs> is that your final answer? Yes. Yes, she said yes. That is her final answer. There we go. We're gonna. That is oh, conf- boy, That is correct. Emmy. That is correct. It is. I confess, Almighty God. And uh, let's see, uh, Tito. Could you could you say the confidior in the first five words in in Latin? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. I I I used to for a brief moment, and then I switched to. Uh, English Mass. Switch to English Mass. Yeah. Okay. When I went from uh, 
to uh, Annunciation to Walsingham. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Well, the, it's a very beautiful thing to yes, memorize. Um, if you can memorize it in English, if you can memorize it in Latin, it's a good thing to use to pray. Uh, we love to hear it. Now, you know, it used to be in the old Confidior, and I love the old Confidior. You would say, I confess to Almighty God, to Blessed Mary, ever virgin, uh -oh. to Blessed Michael, the archangel, to the Blessed John the Baptist, and to the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul, to all the saints, and to you, Father, that I have greatly sinned. And it goes from there. And I think it's a pretty, very beautiful, beautiful prayer. Wow, I didn't uh, know that part. So there you go, folks. There beautiful. you go. Now they shrunk it to just to you, brothers and sisters. Sisters, yeah. 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 And Emmy, good, good, uh, good reading of the uh, audience there, or uh, of Adrian's, to be able to pick up on those cues. Well, I know Emily is a very smart young lady, so very clearly I knew she was going to do that. Maybe we'll see her when she we come to San Angelo, Texas. She listens every day, apparently. Well, Emmy. I do. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yes, we appreciate you can that. Tell. Well, I mean, we're going to put you on hold. God bless you. God love you. And stay on hold with us so we make sure we get your contact information. But have a blessed day. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to put you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. From here, we're going to go into the after show. You're going to want to hop on with us on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, Facebook. I, already, I think I already said that already. Any one of those, you can hop on with us and we will interact with you directly. A lot of things we cover today. I'd be very curious to know what you think. So join us. We'd love to have you. But if not, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you very soon. And remember... Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the SALT community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Thursday of the 15th week in Ordinary Time, Memorial of St. Apollinaris. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall Merciful and mild.
God in three persons, blessed Trinity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty, Almighty God, God and to and you, my brothers, brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my, my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Direct your faithful Lord in the way of eternal salvation which the Bishop St. Apollinarius showed by his teaching in martyrdom and grant through his intercession that we may so persevere in keeping our commandments as to merit being crowned with him. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses, hearing the voice of the Lord from the burning bush, said to him, When I go to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, if they ask me, What is his name? What am I to tell them? God replied, I am who am. Then he added, This is what you shall tell the children of Israel. I am sent me to you. God spoke further to Moses. Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, this my title for all generations. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and tell them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me and said, I am concerned about you and about the way 
you are being treated in Egypt. So I have decided to lead you up out of the misery of Egypt into the land of Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hebites, and Jebusites, a land flowing from milk and honey. Thus they will heed your message. Then you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent us word. Permit us then to go a three days' journey in the desert, that we may offer sacrifice to the Lord our God. Yet I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go unless he is forced. I will stretch out my hands, therefore, and smite Egypt by doing all kinds of wondrous deeds there. After that, he will send you away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Response. The Lord remembers remembers his covenant forever. The Lord remembers, remembers his, his covenant, covenant forever. forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Invoke his name. Make known among the nations his deeds. Recall the wondrous deeds that he has wrought. His portent and the judgment he has uttered. The Lord, the Lord remembers, remembers his, his covenant, covenant forever. forever. He remembers forever his covenant, which he had made binding for a thousand generations, which he entered into with Abraham and by his oath to Isaac. The, the Lord, Lord remembers his covenant forever. He greatly increased his people and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts he changed so that they hated his people and dealt deceitfully with his servants. The, the Lord, Lord remembers his covenant forever. He sent Moses his servant Aaron, whom he had chosen. They wrote his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. The Lord, the Lord remembers his covenant forever. Alleluia. to me all you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest says the Lord Alleluia The Lord be with you and with your spirit a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew Glory to you O Lord Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I think it was a couple decades ago that the phrase became popular when people said, as a form of acceptance, it is what it is. Things are the way that they are. Interestingly enough, this isn't very far from Moses asking God, who are you? And he says, I am who am. I am he who is. I am being itself. This understanding, for some reason, there is oftentimes a lack of faith, or perhaps people don't put two and two together, or there's some kind of blockage, some kind of interference, to realize that Jesus is Yahweh. He is the one who is. He is God, the creator, the one who made all things. He made the universe. He is consubstantial. We say this in the creed. To clarify this, Christians, the very first councils, especially the first eight ecumenical councils, clarify that Jesus is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, homoousius, he is one in being with the Father, consubstantial with the Father. For this reason, when he says something like, come to me you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, he is talking about refreshing the being of your soul, and he has all authority and power to be able to do that. This changes the way that you talk to him. There's very few people in the gospel who actually talk to him according to his full potential and power, one of whom was, wasn't even Israeli. He, he was the centurion. The centurion recognized that he had power over being, over existence, that he, he had power over creation, that he was God Almighty. And Jesus was astonished at his faith. He said, all you need to do is say the word and poof, something will happen. My, my, uh, my servant will be healed if you just say it because you are God. And Jesus was like, wow, you, you're one of the few people that realized this. Even the people that were with him, his holy apostles, couldn't figure that out. Well, you and I, brothers and sisters, have contact with Jesus in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is God. He is the Lord. It's not a sign. It's not a symbol. It's not a, a pledge, just merely a pledge or merely uh, an analogy. It is, it, it is the signifier, not just the sign. He is Lord of Lords. And when you understand that's who he is, you pray differently. You worship differently. We have what's called latria, full-blown obeisance, prostrate your head in the dust before Almighty God, Jesus in the Eucharist. And that's a different way of praying because as soon as you pray to someone who has, it's kind of like going to a bank where you know they have all the money. You know, you're, you're accepting the fact that Jesus has the power to change you. There's a certain kind of latent justification or excusing of yourself by not accepting God's power, by saying, well, I don't really want to change, so I can have, have this image of Jesus who can't really do anything. He's kind of, you know, he doesn't have the potency to actually transform me. The person who, the people who recognize this, above all, were the martyrs, 
the saints like Saint Apollinarius and the Queen of Martyrs, the Blessed Mother. If you struggle with a real faith of Jesus, consubstantial, almighty God, Lord of glory, King of kings, not just in some kind of analogous way like the Son of God not being the eternal Son of the Eternal Father, but like some kind of human who is very good and holy, you need Our Lady. You need to ask Our Lady for the purification of your faith, and she will obtain for you from the Holy Spirit the fear, the holy fear of the Lord to show you the authentic humility that this is God himself come to save us, not just long ago in a galaxy far, far away, but right here, right now, in this altar, Almighty God is present, he loves you, and he wants to save you. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of Jesus Christ to the nations. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for Eucharistic revival, that Catholics may see that our Lord and God is truly present in the Holy Eucharist, and that people may accept the graces and the sanctity, the forgiveness and the healing that comes from Jesus in the Eucharist. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and God. And through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. To Jesus Christ, our Sovereign King, who is the world's salvation, all praise and homage do we bring, and thanks and adoration. Christ Jesus, Victor, Christ Jesus, Ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord and Redeemer. Thy reign extend, O King benign, to every land and nation. For in thy kingdom, Lord divine, alone we find salvation. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord and redeemer. May the Lord 
accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Renewed by the sacred mysteries, we humbly pray, O Lord, that following the example of St. Apollinarius, we may strive to profess what he believed and to practice what he taught through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Live up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as in the festival of St. Apollinarius, you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of this holy life. Teach her by his words of preaching keep her safe and answer to his prayers. And so in the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelli Etera, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini. Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed a holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray 
than with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Robe him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Praceptus salutaribus moniti et divini institutioni formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuum nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cedo et in terra, panem nostrum potentianum, danubis odie, et emitem nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos emitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanus Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. It was not you who chose me, says the Lord, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. 
since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Panis Angelicus Fit Panis Ominum Dat Panis Celicus Figuris May the sacred mysteries of which we have partaken, O Lord, we pray. Give us that determination which made your blessed martyr, St. Apollinarius, faithful in your service and victorious in suffering, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Immaculate Mary, your praises we sing. You reign now in splendor with Jesus our King. St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance, Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Blake Pellerin from Arrows Rugby, Houston's 